welcome to the Ike Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. My name is Alex Eichstead, your host. Steelers got another L. Go Pack Go. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We're IKE underscore Packers on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead, your host, and we're diving into the Steelers game because Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay just moved on to three and one. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a great episode. Let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead. I'll be your host and the Green Bay Packers beat the Steelers 27-17 at home in Lambeau. It was a nice day, and Green Bay ended up, you know, converting the win. They're 3-1. and one. It's good time to be a Packers fan, and we have a great show for you today. So we're going to get into the game recap. We're going to do our good pack, bad pack segment. Uh, we're going to look ahead to next week, and also at the very end of the episode, announce the winner of the signed Mason Crosby winner, which is going to be hype. So don't miss that. That's coming up at the end of the episode. Let's and, go. Yep. Yeah, you, you just heard him. There's KJ. He's our co-host today. KJ, how you feeling? Hey, what's up, Packers fans? I'm feeling feeling pretty good. You know, it's like we were navigating a storm on the high seas, and now we've emerged to smooth waters. We're right back where we need to be. I'm looking at the stats right now. The Packers have to be the only team in the NFL with two quarterbacks averaging 100 uh, plus passer ratings. Obviously, that's Aaron Rodgers doing most of the work, but hey, I had to give a little love to Jordan Love as well. Um, I'm really excited to dive in. I can't wait to give away that Mason Crosby jersey at the end. He was getting it done for us again yesterday. Man, I have so much to say. We got to get into it. (laughs) Yep, let's dive right in. So the Green Bay Packers, uh, they were down 7-0 at the end of the first quarter. And the game kind of, it wasn't the San Francisco game in terms of the excitement and electricity. But Green Bay got it going in the second quarter. They put up 17 points, entered the half up 17-10. And then in the third quarter, put another 10 spot on Pittsburgh to extend that lead to 27-10. It seemed that a new connection or almost a reborn connection, KJ, was kind of the difference maker for Green Bay. And that was the Aaron Rodgers to Randall Cobb connection. Randall Cobb finished with five receptions, 69 yards. It's a 13.8 average and two touchdowns on just six targets. So he was really efficient when he was out there. Rodgers and him had that chemistry going again. What did you like about just seeing Randall Cobb get in the end zone twice? Well, to me, this was just reaffirmation that we made the right move in the draft right uh our cornerback suffered some injuries um but we have eric stokes you know who was kind of slotting in there no he didn't have quite as lights out of a game as he had versus san francisco but he really did exactly what we had in mind for him when we drafted him in the first round national media was an uproar you know they were trying to tell us we had to take a receiver well this is exactly why you don't draft a receiver in the first round because no matter how good that receiver is he will not have the chemistry that Randall Cobb had with Aaron Rodgers guess what we gave up for Randall Cobb we gave up a sixth round pick so it's like you know Gutenkunz was kind of tunnel vision how do I make this team the best team it can be I'm gonna block out all the noise he made some great moves Rodgers gave some input to get his buddy back Randall Cobb they got him on an affordable you know transaction And uh, this is great because it's like the front office and the quarterback are working together. You know, the team has depth where they need a depth. We have depth at receiver. We don't exactly need another first 
first round receiver right now like would they be nice to have 100 percent. but you only have so many first round picks you got to use them as we said last week at those key positions uh offensive line defensive line you know cornerback and if you already have a quarterback obviously you focus on those um but yeah you know randall cobb he he was there as a result of the chemistry uh, making those plays last night two tds you know a long of 25 he had five catches on six targets uh really just kind of turning the clock back and and that's something that doesn't show up in the combine profile right in the, in the pre-draft hype in the highlight videos the chemistry hey what's what's Randall Cobb's chemistry with Aaron Rodgers what's well, probably a 97 you know like what's Devontae Adams chemistry with Rodgers it's probably a 99 what's Aaron Jones chemistry with Aaron Rodgers you know it's probably in the 90s as well and what are all these first round receivers chemistry with Aaron Rodgers I would guess it's probably in the 70s you know we saw all these receivers come in whether it was Jamon Moore MVS uh, you know, Equinamia St. Brown. And really, it takes a little bit of time to develop that chemistry. So that's the word I'm just going to use to sum it up with chemistry, Randall Cobb, getting it done. Can't really quantify that, but we all know how important it is. So shout out to Randall Cobb for helping us win that game. Yep, he was big and he was smiling. And Packers fans were, I would say, happy to see him in the end zone twice. He had both of Aaron Rodgers' touchdowns. Uh, Rodgers finished 20 of 36 with 248 yards that's a 6.9 average he had those two touchdown passes to Randall Cobb zero interceptions and that's a 95.6 quarterback rating so Rodgers did what he had to do he managed the game he got the win and he outplayed Big Ben Roethlisberger who frankly looked a little off you know he missed a couple of easy throws he's still better than the majority of quarterbacks in the NFL but um he got his 400th passing touchdown career passing touchdown shout out Ben for that but in general he was a step uh worse than Aaron Rodgers and the Packers defense kind of even though they were injured Jair Alexander you know suffered an injury Big Z was out um Preston Smith was knocked up at the beginning of the game the Packers defense still held this Steelers team to just 17 points and Cage I just want to talk about the job Eric Stokes did. You brought him up at the beginning, but he had eight tackles, two pass deflections, and an interception to kind of cap off this great start to the season he's had through four games. Looking at him from just a quarter (laughs) of the way in, right? I mean, national media is a joke. It's a joke. Packers fans, I'm just, I, I have to just continue to beat this dead horse just to prove the point. This is exactly why you got to go to people like the Ike Packers podcast or the, or the boots on the ground sources when you go for your Packers news. You know, these ma- national media platforms, they might have the wherewithal and the means to push their narratives to the, ho- to the top when they have these media giants uh, like ESPN, you know, really have pouring the resource to get their stories in the top of the algorithms. But Eric Stokes, you mentioned eight tackles, two pass deflections and a game clinching interception. He had eight solo tackles. This guy's a rookie. He's a rookie. And Unbelievable. They, even, they were trying to say we need to fire our GM. They're trying to say we need to push him out the door. They're trying <laughs> to say we need a first-round receiver. That's the last I'm going to say about it. But this is exactly why. What an incredible draft pick. And just to expand on what you're saying with the defense, Devondre Campbell. Really can't say enough about the guy. He's emerging into a leader Another like you're saying. Gem. 
another good gem. You know, he led the team in tackles. Our boy Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Bang Gary. Another first-round pick that people were like, Late oh, some big what hits a terrible pick. <laughs> it's like Rashawn Gary is right where he needs to be. He had a sack. He had a TFL. He had two QB hits, six tackles, four solo tackles. His sack, he pretty much leaped over uh, the, the guys trying to block him. And just grabbed Big Ben and yanked him down kind of around the head area. It almost like he grabbed his neck and just threw him down. That was pretty cool. I don't know if anyone else noticed that detail. But, like, Rashawn Gary going into year four, I mean, I don't know if Preston's going to be back. I don't know if Big Z's going to be back, considering they both make, I believe, over $16 million a year. But Rashawn Gary is going to be back. And he's looking like he wants to keep building, keep building. A last shout-out really quick on the defense Kenny Clark is just Ooh, looking like a pile driver. I mean, he's he's been a big bulldozer. Boy. He's bulldozing. He's locomotive. You know, whatever you want to call him. He's AJ Dillon, but in the nose tackle. Like, it's exciting to watch these young guys. Like another, you know, Ted Thompson, first round pick. Uh, you know, say what you will about Ted Thompson. He left us with a good one, with Kenny Clark. The defense, we are nowhere near at full strength. Kevin King's out. Jay Alexander was out. Big Z and Preston are out. Like, if, if you, going into the season last year, if you told us all those guys are out, everybody would be concerned. You know, everybody would be massively concerned. The Packers' defense did tremendous to hold the Steelers to 17 points, including, you know, they did get seven in the fourth quarter, but we held them to 10 points through three quarters. That's the kind of defense that can help you win a Super Bowl. And I just thought it was really fitting because this is the first time those teams, the Packers and Steelers, did uh, meet since that Super Bowl 11 years ago. And it was just hilarious. I just want to shout to all the fans tuning in from across the country, across the world, because we know that a lot of you are forced to watch that Tennessee Titans New York Jets game. And all we have to say is that we feel for you. We're, we feel sorry that that had to happen. Um, we know that the Packers and Steelers obliterate both those teams when it comes to ratings, but it really only was shown right away in the local markets. Just one of those quirk things. But, uh, Man, you know, that that's that's tough. I, I, I can't imagine anyone going through no, that. No timeouts. Uh, that was weird. No commercials in the first quarter. That was a little side note. But another side note is happy birthday to Kenny Clark. Today's his birthday. So Kenny Clark probably waking up after dominating yesterday, feeling pretty good about his birthday celebration with a win. I want to go back to what you said about uh, the national media just for one second, just throwing one point. There was a point, Packers fans. You, you probably remember this pretty good, where everyone was saying it's either Goot or Rodgers. They mm-hmm. had literally pinned the two against the national media, had p- made this story that somehow these two are pinned against each other in this ultimatum where it's either the Packers have one or the other. And there were fans out there saying, fire Goot. You know, Goot doesn't win Super Bowls. We but saw here we are. Here we are. Week four. Packers are 3-1. and one. Both Goot and Aaron Rodgers are here. Packers are right in the driver's seat, like you said, KJ, exactly where they need to be, Whoa. clear water. And it's almost like we knew it all along. Uh, and I hate to say it, but we, we didn't show <laughs> it any attention because this is yeah. exactly what happens every season when you have a star like Aaron Rodgers. People try to get him out of the small market, Green Bay. Well, and I mean, I mean, even when Packers beat writers are saying trade Aaron Rodgers, it's like, are you going for the clicks? Are you, are you just out of your do, damn mind? <laughs> are you out of your damn mind? Or are you actually trying to do legitimate reporting? Because it probably isn't number three. You know, like, you know, there's some good stuff out there in terms of Packers beat writers. But really, 
you know, that should never, ever happen again. A Packers beat writer should never in a million years say trade Aaron Rodgers. That is the most idiotic, off-the-wall, delusioned-on-the-click-juice take that we've ever heard. And, you know, Ike Packers, the entire time, like, hey, Rodgers is going to be here. Good is a good GM. Here Doesn't we make are. Any sense to blow this Here we up. are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's just let's just be adults for one second and assess the situation. And here we are. You know, we're atop the North. We're poised for another Super Bowl run because this team's going to keep adding these pieces back. MVS, you know, he hasn't really even gotten going yet. Tanyan has a lot of upside left. He was out. Yeah. You, you saw AJ Dillon getting it going more and more. If, uh, expect him to build on that as the season goes. It's exciting. You know, there's only one uh, undefeated team. And the entire uh, NFC, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. There's a handful of one-loss teams. The Packers are right there, three and one. And we have said it in the beginning of the year, like it's almost like it was good for the the Packers to bottom out in Week One, just to just to really reset the the expectation meter. And like, hey, we gotta we gotta you know put all this drama behind us. You know, Rodgers got humbled. The team got humbled. Lafleur got humbled. Joe Barry, people are calling for his head. He's responded. Let's give a little bit of credit to Joe Barry. The yeah. defense looks good. The Packers, Packers fans, get this. That week one loss was so bad. The Packers have a negative five point differential right now, despite being three and one. We're three and one. We've scored 95 points and our offenses look darn good. Our defenses look darn good as well, but we give it, we've given up 100 points. So it's like it's just one of those quirk things that are going to cause people to underestimate the Packers. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun rest of the year. We're really excited to have you guys with us. Yep, and something I'm excited about, just how the running back room looked. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 15 carries for 81 yards. That's a 5.4 average, and he finally busted one over 20 yards. He had a 25-yard long and he outplayed Aaron Jones on the ground. Aaron Jones had 15 carries for 48 yards. That's a 3.2 average. And I just also, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he had a scramble for a touchdown. I forgot about that. You yeah, know, yeah, Rodgers turned back the clock. And T.J. Watt could not catch him from behind. He could not catch 12. So just the ground game to kind of get that going, get 131 total yards on the ground compared to the Pittsburgh's uh, 62 total yards rushing on the ground. If you had gone into the game thinking would the Packers have doubled Pittsburgh's rushing performance, I don't know if I would have said that. And especially going up against that strong Pittsburgh front seven, and I thought Green Bay did a really good job of attacking them, you know, being aggressive on the offensive line. Shout out to the O-line for really being physical, you know, yeah. Rodgers upright most of the game. Uh, he was only sacked three times, but the offensive line did a great job. The play calling, I thought, was very creative. Quick hits to Devontae, just getting the ball out. And Love to um, see Aaron Jones in the passing game. You know, like you said, he didn't really have the greatest rushing performance, but he's proving that he's even more of a weapon, you know, as these years go by in the passing game. He's still getting better in that regards. When you get Aaron Jones in open space, there's no telling. There ain't no telling. But he can, you know, get him it's in that open we need space. to keep doing. Yeah, yeah, it's something we need to keep doing. Um, Another thing we need to keep doing is utilizing Alan Lazard in his blocking skills. I love seeing it because – I mean, Devontae is just running right behind him. He's just letting Alan Lazard yeah. just bully these cornerbacks. Um, Run he's him essentially over. like a, a, a good blocking tight end out there on the on the outside that the Packers can now 
create these diversions. They can, you know, almost fake a screen or or they can go to him in these quick situations. Lazard had two catches for 33 yards, so still trying to get his, uh, you know, receiving totals up. But he's doing little things. And I think that's what this Packers team did yesterday, KJ. They did the little things, right, because no one really jumps off this uh, box score. Um, and I think yeah, that's, you know, on offense on a long season, you need to just have those games where you just get those wins at home and uh, defend the home th- turf. Yeah. What do you think it is about the, the home field advantage of Green Bay that's been so successful? Well, there's really no place like it. Um, title town, people coming from all over the world. You know, we saw there was like some some thunderstorm warnings. There was some mist yesterday, but Lambeau Field was rocking. You know, I know a lot of people went up to the game and and really just had a great time. It, you really can't describe it unless you go up there. You know, you see the houses, you see everyone painting these fences, you see all these uh, signs, you see you see like the family aspect, the tailgating aspect, the small town feel. You know, usually you're used to like hopping on a subway or hopping on a tram and going to the heart of the city, which is masses and masses of people like these new stadiums, whether it be Vegas, whether it be, you know, New York or wherever these big, big, big stadiums are like mostly in the NFL. And it's just the exact opposite in Green Bay. Like Green Bay truly does support the Packers truly do support a large part of the that community and, and even Wisconsin community in general. But just to take it back to the game real quick. Aaron Rodgers, last week he was given some hilarious facial expressions after the San Francisco game to reporters. And and it was almost like, yeah, you know, we were expecting to win this game. This week in his postgame presser, he was given some of those great facial expressions as well. But one thing he really hit on is that he's like, look, if you told me that we'd be without our top two linemen, arguably, you know, he respected his guys. He's like, Hey, arguably our top two linemen. And, and let's, let's be real. You know, you lose Lindsley, you got Elton, you got David Bakhtiari, like they are your top two linemen. But, you know, he's like, you if, you told, me, <laughs> if you told me, we'll, we'll get them back. If you told me that we'd be two and oh against those two fronts, meaning Pittsburgh and, and uh, San Francisco, he's like, I'd be ecstatic. And so that was really cool. You know, just to kind of, the fact that we've done this, the fact that the offensive line has put Rodgers in a position to succeed, it's put guys like A.J. Dillon in a position to succeed, it's, it's gotten us these two wins, which is really all that matters at the end of the day. Packers fans, you know this. We can break down every little aspect, every little detail we want, but at the end of the day, it's all about the win. You know, It's just like, why is Brady Tom Brady? It may not be the greatest details like in terms of comparing him side by side to Aaron Rodgers, but the man knows how to win. And, and really, that's what Aaron Rodgers cares about at this point in his career. Like He wants his respect, but ultimately he wants to win. And this offensive line is helping him do it. Shout to the coach, shout to these guys stepping in, being stars in their roles. I just want to shine a little spotlight on that. Yeah, I love it. I, it almost feels like it, it was a wake-up call for Matt LaFleur as a play caller um, to just get these quick hit plays going, you know, get the ball out of Rogers hands without having Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari there. It was pretty untrusted line and and they've proven to hold really well and do also 
a good job, you know, on the run game. Um, one one group of players I want to shout out on Pittsburgh is just the former Wisconsin Badgers. So Joe Schobert, he was on the Ike Badgers podcast. We had a great episode with him talking about his story. Joe Schobert, middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had eight tackles uh, for them. Uh, then you got T.J. Watt, obviously, monster, also a Badger. He had two sacks, four tackles. It's just a and man child. Yeah, and then at the bottom, Isaiah Loudermilk. <laughs> Yeah, Isaiah Loudermilk, who was on season two of Badgers and Friends, the episode just came out a few weeks back. Uh, he even got in some snaps, and he had a pass deflection. So the Badgers are well represented on that Pittsburgh defense. So I thought that was really cool just to kind of get to see them play for once. Um, KJ, any final thoughts on the game before we jump into our good pack, bad back segment? You know, this is a game much like the San Francisco game where you're coming into the season, looking at the schedule, you're like, ah, you know, I, I think we might split these two. We went two and zero, oh. so so it's like it's one thing yeah. to ride high on that comeback win last week that very well could have been a loss. You know, think about it. If if, it, it w- if twelve didn't work his magic, if Mason Crosby didn't show that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, which we think he is, we could very well be putting extreme pressure on this team. Like we might have dropped a one and two, we might have dropped last night's game. We might be two and two or one and three. We yeah. might be two and two or one and three. Well, guess what? We're three and one. 2-0 at home. We're protecting home turf. The vibes are right. You know, the guys are playing loose. And it just is really all upside for this team. You know, what, one thing I want to just say, because there was that massive Brady going back to uh, New England matchup last night, and it was not the most pretty game. Obviously, it was like a downpour, so, you know, it was a little bit of an ugly football game that Brady ended up prevailing off a missed field goal doink at the end. Well, Guys like Brady and Rodgers, now that all these other quarterbacks like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, all these, you know, really the old guys are, are, are out of the league now. With staples. Like the staples, exactly. Brady and Rodgers. These guys, like Rodgers is 37. Brady's like Lord knows how old. It's like, you know, just these guys have been in the NFL playing at these speeds for like 14 years. And when you're going up against a guy like Mac Jones or like a rookie quarterback who's 23, even if he did play in the SEC at Alabama, the fact that Rodgers, and you saw it with Big Ben too, another one of these guys who's been around for ages. They Rogers, see the game easier. Well, the game slows down for him. You know, Rodgers is playing more loose than he's ever played. You know, he's relaxed out there. I see it. You know, Pakistan, mm-hmm. you have to let us know what you think. I think Rodgers is playing really relaxed, fast and loose. He's having fun. You know, just, just thinking about that moment when Mike Tomlin saw that there was 12 guys on the field. <laughs> yeah, to Tomlin, he's a good coach, you know, and, and Rodgers and him had a little moment of respect right there. Uh, but really, like, that's what's going to propel the Packers towards contention for the rest of Aaron Rodgers career. And we hope it's entirely with the Packers. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is entirely with the Packers, um, just because that's like one of those legacy things. And, you know, we're going to be right there simply because Rodgers will process the game at such a high level, just like there's nothing he hasn't seen. You know, just like Brady, him mm-hmm. and Rodgers, like there's nothing he hasn't seen. Even a guy like Matt Stafford, right, just to expand the conversation. He's having a lot of success early on with the Rams. But he's been in the NFL for like a decade at this point. So it's like, look, if he might have been raw coming into the league, he's now been able to play at this speed for 10 years. And there's not a lot that he hasn't seen. So it's like if you have a quarterback this senior, like maybe Brady doesn't have the arm strength he once did. But it's like, don't think that it's he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. Exactly. And uh, I honestly think we're on a crash course against the Buccaneers again. Like, they are a super team. 
But guess what? The Packers are stacked. We're going to continue to get healthier. Uh, Jer Alexander, looking like he might be out six weeks, you know, it, which is honestly, it's, it's okay because uh, it's not a season-ending thing. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're going to miss him for sure, but we do have depth as we're seeing. We're gonna, we just need to get him healthy for the final stretch. We need to put ourselves in position to, to make a playoff run. And then as long as Jer is there to, to lock down that outside, that number one guy, uh, you know, he, he can afford to maybe miss a, miss a few games right here. Um, get well soon, JR. Get well soon, JR. That's kind of my closing thoughts before the good pack, bad pack segment. Any any final thoughts on your end before we jump into the good pack, bad pack? Well, I think Tony Romo was just saying during the game exactly what you just articulated, that he just marvels at how smart Aaron Rodgers is, his football IQ. And a guy like Tony Romo is frankly just a smart individual. Like, <laughs> you, you listen to that man talk or read the game, he sees it at a very, very high level. And for him to just marvel at Aaron Rodgers, just really kind of put put it in perspective for me. You know, he was talking about how Aaron Rodgers on the simple throws, a lot of the throws that, you know, are forgotten in the game of football, no one will ever mention or talk about. Rodgers puts those with precision accuracy in the exact spot they need to be, like these six-yard throws or these plays where Rodgers catches the snap and without even having the seams... Uh, his fingers aligned on the seams. He throws it out in like an instant to the receiver. And just like he's always putting the ball where it needs to be. Um, it's just that veteran experience that you can't really quantify, but you know it's there and it leads to wins. So I think that's my final thought there. Let's hop now into good pack, bad pack, where we can keep it objective, kind of point out one sp- specific thing that was really good for the Packers or a player or a moment or anything and then you know keep it real and say something that wasn't so good some bad pack and so my good pack this week KJ I'm shouting out Kingsley Kiki yes and he came in and made a big impact he played well and he also had a very like momentum changing strip sack so he stripped big ben in the second quarter um right when the packers had scored their first touchdown of the game to kind of get back into it and then you know the packers scored again following uh the strip sack so it was a big you know momentum shift he only finished with one tackle uh which was that sack and you know um but he also had a pass deflection so you know he was just out there making an impact we always harp on it like you don't have to light the world on fire you don't have to be out there every play like Devonte adams but you just gotta make the most of your opportunities and kingsley kiki he didn't even get a clean look at big ben but he did get a hold of his arm and make a huge play so i just wanted to shout out him on the d line i'm liking what i see out of the young guys on the d line um kj how about you what is your good pack this week Man, you are really making me choose a tough one. Uh, I've I've lauded Rashawn Gary in praise. You know he deserves all that, but I'm gonna actually exclude him from this good pack because I really I go I want to I want to highlight two things. Eric Stokes, he may have you know not have have had as perfect of a game as as uh, San Fran, but guess what, guys? He is actually second in the NFL in passes defended. Wow. And and you know what? There were people trying to say that this was a terrible draft pick. I can't let it go until the end of this podcast. <laughs> like I love we it. really need to hammer, hammer this it down. Just, just so yeah. Packers fans are aware, there are people out there that will say or do anything to get these clicks. And the truth is, 
Eric Stokes is exceeding all expectations. You couldn't have asked for a better pick. And really, you know, he's he's second in the NFL in passes defended. He's too. a rookie. And At he's got four two five track star speed. He bought his grandma a house. He bought his grandma a house. This is the exact kind of guy we want to win a Super Bowl with. Eric Stokes, I gotta give it to you, man. But but not only that. Third in the NFL in solo tackles is Devondre Campbell. He's fifth in the NFL in total tackles. He's third in the NFL in solo tackles. So this guy that basically Brian Gutenkunz essentially brought in off the scrap heap is really just doing it on the field. He's being a a leader. Came a long way. I want to show some love to those two additions to our defense, Devondre Campbell and Eric Stokes. That's my good pack. Man. uh, Yeah, let's flip to the other side now, the the bad bad pack. pack. You go first. What's your bad pack? Bad pack for me, Big Bob Tanyan. I don't know what it is about, uh, you know, this season, but he's just been unable to get going. Maybe it's that last season he kind of caught people by surprise. Um, this year, he's may- maybe more game planned against, but two receptions, eight yards on seven targets. It's pretty, you know, inexcusable for him to have less than 10 yards, in, in my opinion. I-, I-, I understand the depth there, and but I still believe that just having the tight end um, pose like this threat consistently. And I know Robert Tanyan is a threat, but uh he can be doing more. That's just what I will say. I think Robert Tanyan, it's on Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers to find a way to get him more involved. Uh, and so I just I just have to feel like he hasn't found his new role in this uh, this year's offense yet. They, they're still trying to iron out some things, so there's still hope. And, of course, I'm a big believer in Bob Tanyan. I saw a lot of Packers fans write in before the game about how they thought Robert Tanya would be the X factor in the game against the Steelers, but not yet, not yet. Hoping hopefully next week. And uh, I think, you know, that's going to be a challenge for Matt LaFleur is like, how can we get him involved? Cause he's a very talented playmaker before the season started. Matt LaFleur was talking about how his objective is to get the ball into the hands of his best playmakers. And he listed Devonte Adams and Robert Tanya. So they know how talented this guy is. Um, and it would, I would love to see him just kind of break out one game. Still think that's coming. KJ, how about you? What about your bad pack? Man, you know what? It's tough. I really feel like, in general, our offense could play better. You know, and, and that's really, really, really getting into the weeds here because I don't have a lot of bad pack to talk about. And if you look at what's going on here, it's pretty much been, you know, Rogers' miracle. And I would say... A, you know, a good offense, but Aaron Jones could could do a little better, like you said. Robert Tani could do a little better, um, and, and that kind of is what what I would put on my, Matt Lafleur a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm by no means complaining, but I think our offense is about a B so far. I think we could get that up to an A, especially with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's not his fault. <laughs> Um, to say the least. Uh, and it's by no means Matt LaFleur's fault, and it's by no means any singular person's fault. But I, I would like to see our offense really just take that next gear, take that next step, and ascend into something that shreds teams. Because we've seen it. We can do it. And uh, yeah. like like Roger says, get these linemen back, 
you know, go up against a less stout front than San Fran or Pittsburgh Steelers. You got guys like Nick Bosa and and uh, TJ Watt coming and trying to rip Rodgers' head off. Man, there's just so much upside here. There's so much upside here. So I would like to see the offense improve what I would consider a B to an A. Yep, I like that. I think also one thing that kind of just frustrated me is just EQ in his few moments, right? He has a few moments on the field. He continually does not make the play. Like he was called for a holding on a punt return that negated a great a great run from Amari Rogers. And then he dropped a beautiful throw from Aaron Rodgers in like he's always hurt. The guy like he made a tackle on special teams and he was like, oh I mean, I don't know. It's like EQ's been here because of the familiarity thing. You know, I know. We'll, we'll continue to, to pull for him, but like, like you said, man, it's he's he's kind he's of not just on a the guy. field a lot. Yeah, yeah and he's, he's not. Just a guy. Yeah, and so I just wanted to point that out. Moving on, Packers after coming against Bosa, TJ Watt, they've got the Bengals. They've got the Bengals, and the Bengals are actually three and one. So can't sleep on them. They've got a ninety-two points four in four games and seventy-five points allowed in four games. Solid defense, improved team. But I expect the Packers to win. It's in Cincinnati at noon. Could be a trap game. Uh, KJ, any quick thoughts on on the Bengals? Well, here's the deal. Joe Burrow's a talented kid, you know, and and he's uh, you see these rookie quarterbacks this year, the the Zach Wilsons, you know, whatever, the Mac Jones, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, exactly like Joe Burrow. Honestly, he looked better than all of them in college, if you ask me. Um, if you he ask me, KJ, would you have if you could take Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow coming out of college? I might be in the minority, but I would have taken Joe Burrow. He was one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen at the collegiate level. He's still putting it together. This is in very many ways his rookie year because he was hurt so much last year. Line uh, but, the, but the Bengals, I like what you said. This is a trap game. We got to make sure we just take care of biz. They're a solid defense. The Packers are actually. Uh, sixth in the NFL in terms of yards allowed per game in defense. So shout to Joe Barry. But the Bengals are seventh. So this is one of those defenses that like you're you're not going to give much respect, or at least Packers fans won't. Maybe the maybe the smart ones will. But but I think the the the, the majority of people are going to be like, oh, the Bengals, we got to get this win. And that's exactly the kind of attitude we should have. But just know if you go a little deeper in the numbers, the Bengals are actually darn good on defense it's not going to be easy it might be an ugly game it's on the road cincinnati isn't exactly you know perfect weather in a dome so no. it's like think about that uh yeah I, would you say know, this. I, I expect a win yeah they're running back uh joe mixon also has a sprained ankle so he's week to week that's the uh, and you know he's a big part of their offense he's got 353 yards uh through the first four games so Take him out of the equation, things might just get a little pressure. tighter. Yeah, more just pressure more pressure. Jamar Chase, the rookie, he's been pretty good. He's got four touchdowns, 297 yards on 17 receptions through the first four games. So already proving chemistry. that chemistry. Yeah, yeah it's another chemistry. example of the chemistry. They pretty much went with the chemistry with that pick. Well, um, to take it back to the draft, just because this is fascinating. I, I'm sorry to take it here, but like, they're out there. Think about Devontae Freeman, the uh, the wide receiver from Alabama, who I, I think he won the Heisman. Devontae Smith. Devontae sorry, Smith. Devontae Smith. Excuse me, Packers fans. But he won the Heisman as a receiver. This guy was like the best receiver I've seen in, in college since Michael Crabtree. If you guys remember him at Texas Tech with Graham Harrell, former Packers quarterback. 
And the Bengals took the guy who sat out a year, Jamar Chase, over what I would consider the best wide receiver I've ever laid eyes upon in over a decade in college football. And now real quick, I just want to say that I know that that, that doesn't necessarily translate, right? You know, just because you're good in college doesn't mean you're, you're great in the NFL. He's not like he's a Kelvin Johnson 6'5", 4'4", sure bet coming out of college. You know, De- De- Devontae Smith, he has, he's like a 6'1 guy. You know, he's not like giving you Henry Ruggs speed, but he just had it, right? Like, he just had it. All and around. then, like, you know, let's we had this top pick. Let's take the guy who sat out the year. It's the chemistry. And just like the Packers bringing in Randall Cobb, just like Jamar Chase going and reuniting with Joe Burrow and getting these four TDs after an atrocious preseason, it's the chemistry. You can't always quantify chemistry and let that just be a kind of a theme from this episode. So, so I expect to win. Uh, Al, why don't you give us your prediction? Then we can move on to giving away this autographed Mason Crosby jersey. Yep, I'm going Packers are coming out four and one, four and yep. one. And then they've got the Bears and Washington football team. I could see the Packers running uh, at least a two and one out of these next three games. So, um, I'd say that's I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, and I think that's conservative. Uh, but let's move on to the main event, the Mason Crosby jersey, the signed Mason Crosby jersey. I can say, Packers fans, this is really cool, and we really appreciate everyone that entered the contest. Um, you know, and this won't be our last contest, so don't far and wide. We're, we're far and wide. wide. Every time we do this, we're always blown away by you know the amount of submissions. And like Alex said, we we've done tons of contests, we've done tons of giveaways. And this is our first one of the years, the first one in a while. So a lot of Packers fans, you know, know that there's there's no shortage of free stuff out there, right? Like like people love free stuff, but really what we want to do at Ike is give you guys stuff that you're really going to treasure, you're really going to like. And and we thought, you know, Mason Crosby's a giveaway. We've done Rodgers jerseys, we've done Aaron Jones jerseys, we've done Devontae Adams, Jair, you name it. We've never done a Mason Crosby giveaway, and he's just been there for us when we needed him most. So it's like Mr. there's Solid. no time like the present. This thing is really cool. It's autographed. It's got the certificates of authenticity. You can put it in a frame on your wall, in your cave, in your office, in your in your living room. Uh, you can wear it. You know, like whatever you want to do, this Mason Crosby autographed jersey is is just a really cool piece of of packers football uh fandom and you know it's going to one lucky winner out there so i just want to thank everybody for participating if you don't win just know that there will be more chances to win and trust me it's going to be cool stuff so so thanks for participating without further ado al why don't you tell everyone who the winner is and the winner of the signed mason crosby number two Green and gold jersey is Lucas Weeks at Lucas Weeks 4. Congratulations, Lucas. Congratulations, You are getting that Crosby jersey. Make sure to send Ike Packers podcast a DM on Twitter with your address and information. Shipping info. Yep, shipping info will connect there. But congratulations, Lucas. Again, thank you to everyone who participated. We are now in 95 countries, Packers fans. I did the count today. So <laughs> if you got a friend in another country that, you, you know, you want to spread some Packers love to, help us get to 100. Yes. Please. You know, that, that would be unbelievable. And it's really just 
a testament to this international brand that the Packers are. Um, And so we're going to continue having fun the rest of the year, Um, continue doing more giveaways. We'll be right back with you next week. Thank you again for tuning in. KJ, any final thoughts for our listeners today? Wow, 95 countries. We're really close to, you know, 100 countries. If you wouldn't mind, Packers fans, just sending a message, telling someone to check out the podcast. That made a lot. Uh, you know, we, we love, you know, being a part of this community with you guys. We love going on this journey with you guys, you girls, everyone all around the world, in Wisconsin, out of Wisconsin, throughout the U.S., Canada, Mexico, the U.K., you know, throughout Europe, Africa, the Caribbean. There's a ton of Packers love there south and central america in you know australia new zealand even asia the the packers fandom is global and it's just special it's global and it's special we can't thank you everyone enough for tuning in and we're going to talk to you guys real soon absolutely and until next time packers fans go pack go go pack go If you enjoyed this episode of the Ike Packers podcast and want to help the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is how we can continue to give great value to you. As always, till next time, Packers fans, go Pack, go.